We read from the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 15, reading from verse 9, following on the theme of the vine and the branches. You can find it on page 1083. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Can you hear me? Good morning, everybody, and a special hello to those of you who are listening to me via the internet. Communication. That song will bring back memories to many of you. Some of you were possibly born. <laughs> after it came out. But it's interesting that love is a very popular subject, isn't it? I checked on the internet and I found just uh, on the 7th of May there were 5,350,000,000 entries for love. No, I didn't read them all. Because according to my calculations, if I chose to spend one minute on each entry and I decided to read one billion entries. It would take me just over 1,902 years. <laughs> Amazing. And so many popular songs, in fact, a great... Is this echoing? No. Um, a great number of songs talk about love. We've just heard all you need is love. Love is all you need. Um, love makes the world go round. 
Love is like a butterfly, a rare and gentle thing. Here's another one. Love is like a violin with its strings around your heart. That was Ken Dodd. Um, <laughs> sorry to lower the tone, but there you go. Love is like a butterfly. Um, love, here's a quote from Jerome K. Jerome. Love is like the measles. We all have to go through it. <laughs> Another one here. Love is a lot like a backache. It doesn't show up on x-rays, but you know it's there. <laughs> I discovered a little girl's letter she'd written to God, and she said, Dear God, I bet it's very hard for you to love all of everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in our family, and I can never do it. <laughs> and I'm a great fan of that well-known philosopher, Winnie the Pooh. And when he was asked how to spell love, he said, you don't spell it, you feel it. Which brings me on to my favourite quote, which is from Victor Hugo, and he said, uh, to love another person is to see the face of God. Now, we could go on a Cook's tour of the Bible concerning love. Do you know, incidentally, that Thomas Cook, the first travel agent selling package holidays, um, was formerly a Baptist minister? Anyway, with that in mind, let's look at a few verses from the Bible relating to love. Firstly, the, the verses 12 and 17 in our reading, love one another. My command is this, love each other as I've loved you. At the end of some pop concerts, the singer says to the audience, I love you all, which is rather nice. And of course, if you're a fan, you feel that the singer is speaking to you individually. In actual fact, it doesn't really mean anything at all. And it can't because they don't even know you. Love. Personally, I love tennis, reading, going for walks in the country, and eating chocolate, especially eating chocolate. But when Jesus talks about love, he means something much more profound and meaningful. So let us try to love in the way that Jesus loved us. Not in some vague, airy-fairy sort of way, but in a way which involves our will and our emotions. And by the way, remember that Jesus didn't love us in an airy-fairy way. He went all the way and gave his life for us. So when Jesus talks about loving others in that way, he's setting a very high standard. And I wonder, how good are we at loving others? Do we try to love them in the way Jesus loves us? In verses 9 and 10, it talks about remain in my love. Now, I'm not a Bible scholar, but I must admit that I'm very fond of the word abide, which is used in some translations, because for me, it conveys the idea of being at ease and being safe. Being loved by a partner or a friend brings a great sense of security, a sense of belonging, which enriches us in a deep way. If you love someone, be it a husband, wife, brother, sister, son, daughter, or even a close friend, there's something very precious about being together. 
You may talk, you may not, but you enjoy that bond which draws you together. So Jesus calls us to remain in his love. Love your neighbour as yourself, Jesus says in Matthew 19. And to me, that means firstly love yourself. Have self-respect. Make sure that you're someone of integrity, trustworthy, reliable, morally upright, and so on. All the time, not just on Sunday when your Christian friends are watching. Also when you're out shopping or at the pub. In fact, wherever you are. Set a high standard for yourself, physically, morally, and spiritually. And if you're discussing this in house groups, you might want to unpack that and see what that involves in more detail. Have a high opinion of yourself. So far, so good. And treat everyone else in the same way, which is another story. But that's what we're called to do. The love chapter, which the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13, was turned into a popular song by the Canadian singer Jodie Mitchell, who some of you know. I think she's fantastic, but that's another story. And it said at the beginning, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I'm nothing. Now we're talking about love this morning, and so often we tend to consider love as something warm and fluffy. It puts a smile on your face. It's something nice, which gives you a warm glow and it makes you feel good. But the love Paul is referring to is much more demanding than that. The other dark day, while at the doctor's, I looked at the leaflets on display, which tell you how much you can drink safely. How would I rate, I wondered. Well, I felt very virtuous and ever so pleased with myself because I had a very good score. What a good boy I am proud of myself. But then, when I read the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13, which I was referring to, it's a different story. I try to score myself. I feel decidedly uncomfortable as I think to myself, how do I rate? Where do I appear on the love scale? How about you? What would your score be? It's quite a sobering thought, isn't it? In, in John 13, Jesus said, A new command I give you, love one another. As I've loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Others should see Jesus in us. Apparently, my son Andrew and I sound remarkably similar. So, if he picks up the phone... He can be speaking to the caller for a few minutes when something makes them realise in the middle of the conversation they're not speaking to me, Ivan, but to Andrew. I find that rather amusing. 
And it's true that in some respects he is a reflection of me. I'm not sure whether that's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> but that's a trivial example. But I wonder to what extent others see something of Jesus in us. There are, of course, ways in which we can be identified as Christians. Perhaps we wear a cross, or maybe a fish lapel badge. Maybe it's because folk know we go to church. A lot of the Christian motorcyclists have a big cross on the back of their leather jackets, so you're no, in, in no doubt as to where they stand. In the verse quoted, Jesus is saying there should be something special about our relationship with other Christians which stands out. <coughs> when I go to a football match and I see others wearing the same scarf as me, I know that we're both on the same side. So there's that, there's the immediate bond between us. There's nothing wrong with that. But do others see something of Jesus in the way that we treat others? God, a few parting shots. God loves us and we should love him too. But do we love one another? God so loved the world that he gave. To what extent do we love? And how much does it cost us? Not just financially, but in terms of how we live our lives. In terms of what we do. In terms of what we don't do. <coughs> in the way we treat our family and friends. In the way we deal with strangers including the man who comes to the door to sell us cavity insulation. Why are there so many of them? <laughs> cavity insulation, solar panels and so on and other things. And, and those men or women <coughs> excuse me, at the supermarket checkout who are bored out of their mind and looking forward to closing time, whereas all you want is for them to hurry up so you can get home. <coughs> How do we treat them? Do we abide in his love? Does God's love give us a sense of security and well-being? As we realize that God loves us, does that give our life an added dimension and make us a better person? And is that something we can share with others? Do we love others like ourselves? That's right, love yourself. Do we set a high standard for ourselves, physically, morally, and spiritually, and enjoy being who we are? Remember, you're unique, and nobody can do what you do in the way you do it. So go for it. Love yourself and what you do. And then love others in the same way. Is our love shallow or deep? In fact, is it really love? You may well be a great man or woman of faith. Cut a fine figure amongst your Christian friends and really know how to pray. You may have the gift of prophecy. You may have a healing ministry. And so it goes on. And if you have any or all of those gifts, that's wonderful. The bad news is that without love, you're just like a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, absolutely nothing. 
That's a hard saying, isn't it? I wonder how many of us are cymbals and gongs. Lastly, do others see Jesus in us? When others see us Christians and the way in which we relate to each other, do they see something special? Do they envy you and think to themselves, I wish I was like that? Or don't they notice any difference? What do others see in us? And is their verdict positive or negative? Does it encourage them to reach out to the God we worship? Now, we started with the quotation, all you need is love, love is all you need. And that's where we finish. I should like to read the Living Bible version of 1 Corinthians 13. I've chosen that because the language is accessible and it resonates with me, and I'm sure it will res resonate with you. But I warn you that I find it quite a bumpy ride because I find that I do not tick as many of the boxes as I wish I did. This is what Paul said. If I had the gift of being able to speak in other languages without learning them, and could speak in every language there is in all of heaven and earth, but didn't love others, I would only be making noise. If I had the gift of prophecy and knew all about what is going to happen in the future, knew everything about everything, but didn't love others, what good would it do? Even if I had the gift of faith, so that I could speak to a mountain and make it move, I would still be worth nothing at all without love. If I gave everything I have to poor people, and if I were burned alive for preaching the gospel, but didn't love others, it would be of no value whatever. Love is very patient and kind, never jealous or envious, never boastful or proud, never haughty or selfish or rude. Love does not demand its own way. It's not irritable or touchy. It doesn't hold grudges and will hardly even notice when others do it wrong. It's never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. If you love someone, you will be loyal to him no matter what the cost. You will always believe in him, always expect the best of him, and always stand your ground in defending him. All the special gifts and powers from God will someday come to an end. But love goes on forever. Someday prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge, these gifts will disappear. Now we know so little, even with our special gifts, and the preaching of those most gifted is still so poor. But when we have been made perfect and complete, then the need for these inadequate special gifts will come to an end, and they will disappear. It's like this. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child does. But when I became a man, my thoughts grew far beyond those of my childhood, and now I have put away the childish things. In the same way, we can see and understand only a little about God now, 
as if we were peering at his reflection in a poor mirror. But someday we are going to see him in his completeness face to face. Now all that I know is hazy and blurred, but then I will see everything clearly, just as clearly as God sees into my heart right now. There are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Now, I was honest with you and I admitted that I didn't rate all that well in terms of how much I love. But how about you? Where are you on the love scale? What is your score? I hope and pray that these comments will encourage us to love God in a deeper way. Show that love to others. And in doing so, may we make a difference. Just think, your life may, the on may be the only Bible some people will ever read. Amen.